A couple weeks ago, my Uncle Jim came down to visit, and my dad and mom and Uncle Jim and I went out to a sports bar for dinner, and kind of early, it was like 5.30, and wings were great, beer was cold, it was fantastic, but you know, it's funny, when you go to a sports bar, my goodness, are there a lot of TVs, you know, and like, I don't really watch a lot of TV most of the time, I don't have cable. And at like 5, 5.30 in the afternoon in a sports bar, there's really no games going on, but man, is there a lot of commentary. And it was just funny to me, like looking up, you know, you can't help but sort of look at the screens because they're everywhere. And as I'm just sort of looking around, it's like all these different things that are being said about, you know, what this NFL player failed to do and how this one looked ridiculous when he did this and da 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 da. And I couldn't help but notice that most of the commentators did not look like they could get out there and actually play, you know? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I get it. I mean, yeah, it's like, okay, you could do this a little bit better, but it didn't feel constructive. It just felt like criticism in a not so good sort of a way. Now, that's all well and good. I don't recommend spending a lot of time watching commentary. But, you know, when it comes to athletics like that, you know, yes, those commentators are not going to get out there then and play with the Panthers. They're just sort of like adding in what they think. But when you look at our day-to-day life and what is so much more important, and I'll just put it this way, when it comes to the game of life, like we're all players at the end of the day. Now, it is so much easier to be a commentator, right? To look around and be like, ah, they're not doing this right, or you know, this one's doing this wrong. But (laughs) it's a lot harder to look and see what's going on with myself, you know? Because it's, it's just easier at the end of the day to point out what everybody else is doing wrong. But let's be honest, at the end of the day, our Lord, well, in particular, not just the end of the day, the end of our life, Our Lord isn't going to be like, so, during your lifetime, what was it that the Pope did, you know? Or what was this particular cardinal to? How did the president handle this? He's going to ask you about you, you know? Like, we all have so many comments and and opinions about what everybody else is doing, but at the end of the day, it's like you got to look at yourself. And really, the end of the day is a good phrase to use because we're all called to examine our consciences each day. And I'll tell you, when you look at the reading today, in particular with this gospel, right? I mean, starting off with, God bless him, the Apostle John, you know, immediately like pointing out what other people are doing wrong. Although, did you notice what he says is very telling, that last word? You know, teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name. We tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. Not, it's about you. Like, he's not doing the things with you. It's, he does not follow us. And Jesus, of course, it's like giving the guy the benefit of the doubt. And Jesus, of course, says, can't do it in my name. It's like, it's not about us. It's about Jesus himself. And then goes on to, even if he gives you a cup of cold water, because you're with me, fantastic. But then notice how quickly the tone changes, right? We get right into the danger of millstones around our neck. We cause one of these little ones to sin. And then... Right into, I think, some of the more famous sayings of Jesus that people have a hard time with, which makes sense. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Now, sometimes that gets dismissed really easily as, oh, Jesus is using Jewish hyperbole here. He's speaking really big. To be honest with you, I don't think he is. Because the fact of the matter is, is like, if your hand did in fact cause you to sin, it would be better to not have it than to go to hell, Right? But the fact of the matter is, is we know it's not our hand that causes us to sin, right? Like if I'm growing up 
and I smacked my brother across the face. And my mom was like, what are you doing? Like, mom, my hand, I'll tell you, just, it does it on its own, you know? But we know that that's not the case, right? I mean, our hand, our foot, our eye, they don't act on their own, but it does come from somewhere, right? There's something that has made me just kick my brother if we move on to the foot at this point, right? And we've got to get to the root of what that is. What is it inside of me that makes me move to that point of kicking my brother? Or what gets me to that point of looking at things that I ought not to look at? It's not my eyeball going around doing what it does. It's me choosing that. And so to look at what's going on inside of us, it is utterly important. Because when our Lord uses language like this, like, hey, wake up. Like, this is really important. And especially, I love, you know, what the church has given us here. Looking at the second reading too, right? You know, normally, I'd say 99 times out of 100, the second reading typically begins with my brothers and sisters or beloved today. Come now, you rich. Weep and wail over your impending miseries. It's funny to me that almost no one chooses this as the second reading for their wedding. I don't understand why, you know? But like, just going right at it, right? Like, hey, if you have all these riches you're building up, you gotta be careful. Don't worship them. It's not money is bad. We all have to give it up and live in sackcloth and ashes in the gutter. No, but has it become the center of your life? Has comfort taken the place over charity, over the love of one another, over love of God? And that's where we've gotta examine our consciences all the time. And I would say every single day, is a good idea because our soul's even more important than our teeth and we take care of those every day. So I have today a good little examination of conscience that I came across when getting ready for the homily. So it comes out of this book called The Word of the Lord, Reflections on the Sunday Mass Readings for Year B by Dr. John Bergsma. Highly recommend it. But he quotes a six, like six subheading list for like a, an examination of conscience of both cutting out the things in our life that lead us to sin, and also striving to make little sacrifices to grow in holiness. And it's from the unpublished writings, which I find really fascinating, of Father Rene Schottman of the Priestly Society of the Holy Cross. So here's the thing. I'm going to read through this real quick. And just remember, when it comes to an examination of conscience, we're all coming at it from different places, right? What's a challenge to me might not be a challenge to you. For example, Someone sets in front of me a lovely looking cake, right? I can walk right by it. It doesn't hurt me. Like, I, I don't have a sweet tooth. I have an alcohol molar, you know? Like, I would much rather get my empty calories from beer. Now, I need to thank God for the gift of beer by not drinking too much of it. But nevertheless, like, I don't really have a problem avoiding sweets. Some people do. So as I read through this, some things are going to kind of hit you a little bit. Some things might not. It's okay. But at the end of the day, it's like looking at this to say, like, how can I keep striving to grow in holiness? Not worried about everybody else, but what can I do to make sure that I'm cutting out those things in my life that may be leading me down the wrong path? So here's the first subheading. Sacrifices in food. Fast, eat less. Eat less of what I like most. Eat more of what I like least. Skip some condiments, such as salt, sugar, ketchup, or cream. Don't eat between meals. Hold off a few minutes before eating or drinking what is in front of me. Don't take sugar in drinks. Okay, the next one. Sacrifices and rest. This is a huge one, I think. Go to bed on time. 
I don't know about you, that's a tough one for me, right? Like, I know I should get to bed to get a solid seven, right? But man, literally last night, I know it's Sunday tomorrow morning. It's like 10.45, I should have been in bed 15 minutes ago. But you know what? There was a video on YouTube by Mark Rober about how to break through an escape room. I've done one of those twice in my life. I better watch it right now. It was stupid, right? I should have gotten more sleep. But instead, I watched the darn YouTube video. Go to bed on time. And the next one, get up on time. Thanks be to God I did actually do that. And skip naps. Now, I bring those up because, okay, like I'm hitting my brother, right? It's not my hand, but why am I so darn grumpy? Am I getting enough sleep? Just making the sacrifice of going to bed on time, that can make a huge difference. Yes, it's a sacrifice. Yes, it's not easy, but to cut out the bad habits at night, to be more studious about, to be, you know, to have that foresight, to go to bed when you need to, makes a huge difference. Okay, next one. Sacrifices and posture. Sit up straight, don't cross my legs, do not use the backrest. I find that one funny, hopefully it's not too hard. Although here, I know the seats aren't the most comfortable in the world, but hey, we offered up for our Lord. Okay, next one. Sacrifices in personal grooming. Take a cool shower, take a short shower, <laughs> floss. Keep use of the mirror to a minimum. Offer use of the bathroom to others before taking my turn. Clean up afterwards. All right, here we start to get into the really tough stuff that can probably be cut out. Sacrifices and entertainment. Limit TV watching or skip it altogether. Listen less to music. Read more and better books. Less use of the internet or skip it entirely. Avoid using the internet without a clear, useful purpose. Eliminate web surfing. Cut back on email, the use of social media, and the need to respond to others instantly. Refrain from constantly checking email and news. Resolve not to look at porn or anything sexually appealing. Avoid shopping without a definite purpose. Try not to spend money. I find that so good. It's like, okay, don't just get on Amazon for no reason at all. Go if you have a purpose, right? Don't wander about the internet. It is a place, right? It also has a red light district, and you don't just skip through that part of town, right? Don't do it on the internet either. Okay, finally, sacrifices in social settings and conversations. Think ahead and bring up good topics for conversations so as to avoid gossip and backbiting. Give others a chance to speak and listen to them attentively. Be courteous to other drivers. Don't speed. Don't disregard traffic signs. Consult your spouse. Offer to do him or her one favor each day. Try to see the good in your spouse and compliment him or her more often. Do the same for household members, for brothers and sisters and children. Use a cheerful tone of voice. Drop what you are doing to greet others in a friendly fashion. Now, I really like that little examination of conscience because I think so often it's like, here's the Ten Commandments. Well, you know, Father, I didn't murder anyone or anything. Well, great, but we are called to be more than just not murderers, right? So ultimately, you look at what, what Moses is saying in the first reading. Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit on them all, that ultimately we are all called to be saints. And it's so much easier to point out the way that everybody else is failing in that regard but the fact of the matter is, is our Lord tells us, look, if your hand's causing you to sin, cut it off. 
If the internet is causing you to sin, cut it out. Get a dumb phone, right? Go to something else. If you're not using your time wisely, staying up way too late, you're always a grump, do something different. You need to cut it out because to become a saint ultimately, as we just sang so beautifully in the responsorial psalm, the precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. It's not as though I read that examination of conscience and say, okay, everybody, get out there and feel guilty about yourself. Praise be Jesus Christ. You know, like that's not the way this works. That ultimately we are striving to love our Lord, to cut out those things that take us away from him, that cut out those things that divide us from each other, that ultimately we are called to love. Yes, our Lord uses harsh language here. Why? Because he wants us to be the saints that he's called us to be. He wants us to be in love with him and one another. Would that all of us opened ourselves up and received his spirit every single day. Cut out those things that block us from him and love him with all of our hearts. If we can do that, think about how great it'll be for us to strive to become saints and help others to do the same as well. Praise be Jesus Christ now and forever.